0: Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Stacy Padola. Stacy Padola is the founder and CEO of Briley and Baxter Publications LLC. Stacy Padola is also an author. Welcome to the show, Stacy.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Likewise, it's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from?
1: So, I'm from Plymouth, Massachusetts. And as you mentioned, I'm the author and I'm the owner of a publishing company. Um, and I'm also a college counselor and the owner of a college counseling and tutoring company. So, my main passion is certainly the writing. Um, I love to share stories that will inspire and encourage the youth. I write young adult books. So, um, but I have always lived in Massachusetts. I, I'm originally from Pembroke and now um, from Plymouth.
0: I love it. Tell us more about what inspired you to become an author.
1: So it's really interesting. Um, And it's probably gonna sound a little weird, but so when I was a child, I was an avid reader and I devoured books on the topic of high school because I wanted to know what to expect socially. And then when I got to high school, I realized that those books were not realistic and they did me a disservice. I wasn't prepared at all. And it was then that I decided kids needed realistic books that were going to prepare them for the social battles that they were going to face. I was stunned when I got to high school and I saw just how mean people were to each other and the rumors and the substance abuse and everything that went on. Those books did not cover any of that. So I actually wrote the first draft of three of my books when I was in high school. Isn't that
0: crazy? Yes, absolutely amazing. I love it.
1: And I thought, you know, I thought. I don't know if I even knew I'd someday work to get them published or anything, but I just was like, there's a need and I'm going to, I'm going to meet it. So I, um, I found those books after college and decided if I edit these and add in some bits of wisdom, maybe they could help some kids. So that was sort of how my first book series came about. I have nine books out now, two different series with my third series on the way. So it's been about a 15 year journey. Um, but my goal has always been to provide to kids what I didn't have, which is the raw truth, you know, so they can make informed decisions and just be mentally, emotionally, and socially prepared.
0: Very powerful. Now, tell us more about your company, South Shore College Consulting and Tutoring.
1: Yeah, so um, so I own and operate Social College Consulting and Tutoring, which basically helps guide parents and teens throughout the entire college application process. So from picking their major to picking their schools to filling out the applications, composing their essays, prepping for the SAT, ACT, I do that all. So I'm typically working with 20 to 30 different families um, every year, you know, throughout the college cycle. And then I have some tutors who work for me who will specialize in SAT prep or academic tutoring, basically everything that kids need to do to prepare or college, um, we help them get internships, just anything that can help build their resume and set them apart. And some of these families, I mean, I start meeting with these kids as early as freshman year to help them even pick their high school classes and to just set themselves up so that they feel confident in their decision of what they want to major in. So I'll encourage my students to do some job shadowing, get internships in a variety of different fields so that by the time it comes to apply, not only do they have the information they need to compose essays and sound like they know why they want to study what they want to study, but they'll genuinely know why they want to study what they study. So it's really such a joy to work with teens. And then I write for teens. So it just goes hand in hand.
0: That is incredible. And do you encourage them to do dual enrollment as well?
1: Do you mean dual enrollment as far? What do you mean? In
0: regards to taking college classes early.
1: Oh, oh. So, you know, so many of my students are in AP classes already. So I I have had some kids that have taken some college classes early. Um, One of the things, though, that I do is I encourage my students to take online classes through Coursera from different schools like Stanford, UPenn, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, very, very good schools. They can take them right online in the comfort of their own home in the area where they're thinking of majoring. And it sets them apart because they're still in high school, but they earn certificates, right? So they get these certificates. They can put them on their resume, but then they're also informed. So that is not the same thing as dual enrollment, but it's similar because it's educating them prior to college about what they're gonna study in college and ultimately something they're doing on their free time outside of school. So it shows how devoted they really are to this.
0: I love it. Now tell us more about your company, Briley and Baxter Publications.
1: So I was a traditionally published author. My first book came out in 2010. It's Montgomery Lake High, number one, The Right Person. It's young adult Christian fiction. I remember I had to jump through hoops to get published. I had to get an agent. I wrote 70 something query letters before I even got an agent. I mean, it was so hard as a first time author to get anyone to take you seriously. So I went through that, and I'll never forget that experience. and I'm so thankful that I just kept trying and kept trying and eventually got open the door. Um, but then, as my sixth book came out, which was my new series script, I had I had basically I had written three of them already, and I wanted them to come out a couple of months apart because I knew I had readers that were anxious for the next book. and my publisher, because I was traditionally published, they had so much control. They, you know, they were like, no, we release books every six months. And in the meantime, I was working with the producer out in Hollywood who was interested in turning Gripped into a TV show. And I was explaining this to my publisher. I'm like, I really need these books already out. I need them copyrighted. I need to own the IP. We have to get this done. And even with the TV show looming, they would not budge, you know, from their set way of doing things. So that was when I said, okay, I already own a business. I know how to run a business. How do I start a publishing company that is going to make this easier for other authors to get their messages out there and help me get my books out there so I started researching it and I realized you know with my background and I have a design degree I could design book covers I can lay out the interiors I'm like I can do everything you know I already have years of experience as an editor I'm like you know I can hire some people as needed I'm like I can just my own publishing company. So I learned how to work with the distributors and made you know, contacts in those areas. And then in 2019, I think it was January, or February, I launched Briley and Baxter Publications with the model of giving back to animal rescues. So every month we donate 10% of our royalties to animal rescues. And then I started a store that donates 50% of its proceeds. And it's all based on Briley and Baxter, who are my two long haired miniature dachshunds. And Baxter was a rescue. So he is the inspiration behind um, the animal rescue support.
0: Absolutely amazing. Now, tell us more about your soon to be released book On the Right Path book series that is endorsed by Joel Osteen.
1: Oh, sure. So um, this is my third book series, and this one is actually children's, and I am writing it with NBA coach Brett Gunning. So Brett and I started working on this maybe about six or seven months ago, um, and Brett came to me, he called me one day with the idea of writing a book series that would go along with his nonprofit, which is called On the Right Path. On the Right Path seeks to instill life life skills, morals, character qualities into young Basketball players through free teaching. It's this whole awesome program. You can um, go on the website. It's on rightpath.org. Wonderful nonprofit. Brett actually has taken the year off from coaching right now to build up this nonprofit. He's so passionate about it. So we're basing our books on the life skills that the nonprofit seeks to instill. And the idea is our books are for kids ages three to eight. And then they probably enter Brett's program around nine or 10. So it's sort of like, instilling the idea of things like having humility, being loving, putting others first, being coachable, showing respect. Those types of character qualities our books seek to instill. Those and there's one quality for each book. So our first book is going to be coming out towards the end of April, and it was just endorsed by Joel Osteen, um, Kevin McHale, Mike D'Antoni. So we're so 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 excited about that and so honored. Um, there's a nice uh, Christian message to the books. That's you know what captured Joel's attention. Um, each. Day, the coach and the stories um, shares a thought of the day. So our first one has to do with the golden rule, and it's very much about teaching you to esteem others more highly than than yourself, and you know to put others first. So it's a very sweet story. It takes place in New York City. Our illustrator Maddie Moore is amazing. I think she's captured the story so well. I'm super super excited about this and to see where it goes and what kids it can help.
0: I love it. Now you mentioned that it's a Christian book series as well. Tell us more about how important is your relationship with God to you?
1: So my my relationship with God is the reason why I do everything I do. I mean, he's the one who gives me the Wisdom I need to move forward. He's the one who puts the desires in my heart and just leads and guides me. I would tell you that learning how to have a close relationship with God, to walk with him, to hear his voice, and to follow him, and trust him was the most important. Those are the most important lessons I've ever learned in life. So um for me, it is very interesting. So I grew up in a Christian home. you know, my relationship with God was always always so important. Um, but it was really for me, When I was in college, when I learned that apart from God, I didn't have, because I had kind of after a, I don't want to get off track, but after like a near death experience, I kind of, I I was a kid and I got very mad at God because I had always been, you know, always tried to do everything right. Okay. And I got so sick. I I missed the last two or three months of my junior year of high school. I was in the hospital, just in excruciating pain. Um, It was a crazy allergic reaction, and almost like my organs were failing. I had crazy rashes on my body. I mean, it reminded me almost of like Job in the Bible. Like, I mean, I went through. It was just, it was awful. And I, um, instead of being so thankful that I survived, I mean, I was given like my last rites. Like, it was really bad. And instead of you know being thankful, my like 16-year-old mind was like, I didn't deserve this. How could you allow me to go through this? And I really got mad at God. And I set off after that for the next probably four years. And I was like, you know what? I've always denied myself of all these things that my friends are doing that look fun because I didn't think they were right. I'm just going to try everything and I'm going to do everything that looks fun and appealing. And I'm just going to dive right into that and live for myself. Well, I quickly learned that that does not fulfill you and that does not bring you anywhere. And I can tell you at the end of those four years, although I had tons of friends and was very popular and had this great social life. um, Every night when I was alone, there was just this emptiness, you know, inside of me. And I was like, this cannot be all there is to life. And it caused me to really start sort of like soul searching. And in the meantime, my mom had found a new church and she's like, you have to come with me. Um, I think you'll really like it. This this church teaches you how to to have a relationship with God. It's the Bible. It's no man-made added traditions. Like it's amazing. So I went with her just to kind of appease her. And I started listening and I realized, I'm like, I've been living without any thought of how God, (laughs) Wants me to live. I've been living completely for myself. No wonder why I'm so depressed and empty. So I said, I'm going to try an experiment for like the next 10 days. I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to try to live exactly the way God would want me to live. And I want to see if I feel any different. Well, I can tell you, it, it didn't even take three days, like within literally the third day of doing that, I, I, it was just noticeably different in my spirit. I was like, I have joy again. Like I have peace. Like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is, this is working, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. And then it was about maybe a couple of weeks later, my friends started saying something to me and they're like, what is going on with you? Like, you just seem so different. And I'm like, I don't know, you know? And, and then I realized that the secret to a happy and a fulfilled life was following God's principles and that he wrote the Bible for us so we would know how to live a fulfilled life, that those things that he said to avoid, it was for our own good because he knew He those lead to destruction. So I quickly realized that instead of looking at the Bible as this book of rules that were meant to like make me not have fun, to realize instead it was like a love letter from God that was there to help me know what to avoid, because those things cause hurt and pain, and instead to pursue the things that lead to happiness and fulfillment and blessing for others, not just me. So that was like a life changing moment. I, I was 21 years old at the time, and you know, from then on, I just was full steam ahead, walking with God, and just growing closer to Him and making up for you know those years, those four years that we had been apart. Um, but I look back now, and I am thankful you know for those 4 years because i learned so much just about what it's like to not have that close intimate relationship with god and i think it helps me as an author create characters that are very multifaceted and it helps me to share the contrast between when you are in God's will and when you're not and what it feels like and what happens, you know? So I I believe God allowed it so I could write the books that I write that do share redemption stories and the gospel and the importance of having that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Now, for those individuals who are listening, who don't know God, who want to know God, what are some steps that they can take to begin to build a relationship with him?
1: So the first thing that's most important is to understand what the gospel really means, right? So, you know, when Jesus came to earth, he came with a purpose to die on the cross. He came here knowingly. Okay. So that was, so he could make the ultimate sacrifice and pay for our sins. So since the beginning, God required the shed blood for the remission of sins. That's why the Jews had animal sacrifices. That's why you see, animals being killed to be skinned all the way back, you know, with Cain and Abel, right? That's the first time you see that. So that was that sin. So Jesus's blood washes our sins away. He came to be the ultimate sacrifice. That was something I didn't fully understand before. I didn't understand that he came here to, to die for us out of love. Um, but ultimately That is why we no longer have to have animal sacrifices. Because when you're a Christian, you understand that Jesus's death on the cross was the ultimate sacrifice. So for the remission of our sins. So he offers that as a free gift for anyone who believes. It says that you're saved by grace. So it's his, his sacrifice. It's ultimately a free gift for anyone who wants to put our faith in him that what he did on the cross ultimately opened the gates of heaven for us. If we believe in him, we will have eternal life. Now he rose again and that's why we celebrate Easter because death could not contain him. He was he was perfect. He was sinless. So he rose again and he was seen by 500 different witnesses and it's recorded even through historians that weren't even Christians. So there is so much evidence. I would I would recommend Um, the book More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell, if you're just curious about the evidence, you know, that does surround the crucifixion, because I think understanding the gospel message is the first step to forming faith. Because if you can go out on a limb and believe that Jesus did die for your sins, you can say a prayer, which is basically, you know, ultimately saying, um, you know, God. I'm a sinner. I come to you humbly. I believe Jesus, that you are my savior, that you died for my sins. And I would like you to come into my life and into my heart, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to walk with you. Help me to follow you. Please direct my life in Jesus name. Amen. And if you pray that, And then you start to listen and you can start reading the Bible. God will open your eyes so that you can hear from him. You'll hear this still small voice, these promptings in your heart that you've never had before. It'll be like a little check in your spirit when you go to do something. You'll be like, that doesn't feel right. And then you'll start to discern when it's God versus when it's you. And everything that he will direct you to do will go along with the word of God. So you want to start reading the Bible, even if it's just 15 minutes a day, you know, start, um, maybe start with the gospel of John, start reading it, see how God speaks to you and in prayer, talk to him. Like you would talk to your best friend. He already knows you. He knows what's going on inside of you. He created you. He has a special language with you. That's different from his language with me. He knows how you need to hear from him. And he is dying to communicate with you. So what you want to do is just Give him the right to do that. He's a gentleman. He's not going to impose his will on you. So if you open up your heart and say, Lord, meet with me, he'll come and he'll meet with you if you've put your faith in Christ, if you've opened up that gateway. Because ultimately, religion is like the wicked. It's the way we relink to God. Well, Jesus bridges that gap for us. His sacrifice clothes us in perfection. When God looks at us and our sins, he doesn't see that anymore. He sees Jesus, that Jesus already paid the penalty for all of those sins. And he can therefore then be in our presence because we are perfect in his eyes now, because our penalty has already been paid. That's the gospel. That is love. Jesus died out of love for us. And it's And when you, it's, it's so amazing when you try to wrap your head around that, but it really will inspire you to love others and forgive others too. So that's how I would start, you know, and just see how God communicates with you.
0: Amen. I love it. Now you are on the panel. You're a speaker for our upcoming Confident Women's Conference. Talk to us a little bit more about what does a confident woman truly mean for those that are listening so they can join us?
1: (sighs) So for me, I mean, my confidence definitely came with my faith um, because that was, I just, I, for me, I realized that if God calls you to do something, he's going to equip you to do it. So I just became fully aware that God will give me the words. Like it says that in the Bible, it says, you know, if you, you know, are called to go before this ruler and you don't know what to say, don't worry about it. God will give you the words. So I, much adopted that. I said, okay, anything he calls me to do, open up a new company, do this, whatever, he'll equip me to do it, right? If he opens the doors. And that just gave me the confidence I needed to move forward in so many different business ventures. But I would tell you that that has been tested time and time again in my life. And I always come out learning so much. So, I mean, for me, When I was growing up, I was a very strong student, and I was always very confident in my academic abilities. I socially did not have the confidence that I have today, Um, and that was sort of a result of just the high school kids and stupid, you know, nonsense that goes on when you're a teenager and just the way some people made me feel – but I quickly you know, learned that it's important just to know who I am and not let the opinion of others shape my opinion of myself. So knowing who I am, understanding the gifts and the talents that I've been given, um, I'm very into learning about your spiritual gifts, your personality type, things like that, so that you'll know what are your special gifts. So for me, I always knew writing. Writing was my gift. I was born to write. So that confidence I had in that and just knowing myself pushed me that even after getting 70 rejections from those query letters, trying to get an agent to just keep trying, because I knew I was destined to become a published author and to write books that were going to help help kids. So that confidence in myself, it came from knowing myself very, very, very well and believing myself. But then... Once I I graduated college with a degree in interior design, I originally started in architecture and I had always known I wanted to write books, but I wanted to do that on the side. And I had always loved designing houses and I originally thought that was what an architect did. And then after a year and a half of college, I met with my advisor and I'm like, no, the interior, the floor plans, that's interior design. It's really interior architecture. So I switched my major. But after I graduated, and I'm so sorry if you hear my dog crying, but this is Briley of Briley and Baxter. <laughs> and he's just here for the, I guess he's here for the podcast he wanted to make in parents. So I'm sorry if you if you hear him crying, he's fine. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: um so when I graduated from college, I was very blessed to get a job at one of the top architect firms in the country. Um, the best one in my state. And I thought it was gonna be fabulous. And After two years in that industry, I was not fulfilled at all. And that's when I I can so vividly remember one day just locking myself in the bathroom at work and praying and saying, God, I know you created me to do something. I know this isn't it. You, You have to show me. I'll go on the mission field. I'll go back to school. I'll do anything. I know this isn't it. And at the time, my stepdad was dying of pancreatic cancer. So we had a lot going on at home. He was only in his early to mid 40s. So it was kind of a shock. Um, so we were dealing with a lot. So I, I met with my boss at the architect firm and kind of explained how I was feeling about the job, as well as what's going on with my family. And I decided to take a medical leave for a couple months. And my boss said, you know what, figure out if this is really what you want to do for a living. And I prayed in that time. and. I just said, God, show me what do you have for me. Like, I fully believe you'll equip me for anything. So show me what it is that you have for me. And one day somebody and I, were, we were just in a conversation and she mentioned the word tutor just out of the blue. Like it was, it had nothing to do with me or anything. And the word just stood out to me like this light bulb went off and I'm like, tutor oh my gosh, I love working with teens. I love math. I love English. How do you become a tutor? That would be the funnest job ever. So I started to look into it and I honestly couldn't find too much about, um, you know, somebody that, you know, was more in the architect and design industry, but felt like God was calling her to become a tutor. So it was a little tough to try to figure out where I could go work. Um, But I kept looking into it. And then finally, I had just kind of looked into everything i could find and i just prayed and i said god if this is really you trying to show me you want me to switch into education you have to show me who to tell you because i don't i don't know who else to reach out to and um, that very day no lie um, i was out to dinner with friends from my architect firm and one of them got a call and it was from her friend who happened to own a tutoring company and it's crazy because they didn't even know I was thinking of not coming back. Like they had no idea. So when she hung up and said, "Oh, that's my friend. She owns this tutoring company." And I suddenly got interested. They were like, "Why do you care?" And I explained the story. They're like, "We have to put you in touch with her." So it turns out the girl lived in Virginia, but her business was up here because she was originally from here. So they had me come in for an interview. And it was interesting because even getting that interview was. I'm so sorry about Briley, by the way. I can be uh, distracted because, because I can move him if you'd like to another room. Or, a- okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so what? So sorry. So when um, when I first you know sent my resume, they said you know you don't really have any experience in this aside from teaching at your church. You know, is there is there a way you could get a client or two of your own and just make sure it's something you're interested in before we bring you in for this interview? I said, sure. So I thought, okay, hmm, that's where maybe the door is shutting. But two days later, she called me back and said, Stacey, we've been in business for seven years. Our clients are all in like the Western part of the state, like West of Boston. She's like, you live on the South Shore by the Cape. We don't have clients down that way. And she said, out of nowhere, I am getting phone calls from people that are down the Cape, in Kingston, in Braintree, all these surrounding towns around me. She's like, that has never happened in seven years. That's a sign. We just need to bring you in for an interview right now. And I was like, okay. So I went on the interview, and I I just very honestly explained all of this to them. And they were like, you know what? We want to give you a chance. And I will tell you, when you – the doors God opens for you and you just confidently believe that he is going to equip you to do this, he will elevate you and it will take off. Because within six months, the owner called me and she said, however you tutor the SAT, that's how I want the entire company to do it. Your way is going to become our way. Will you write like a 50 or 60 page book on all your techniques, how you do it? We are going to make that Company curriculum. And I was like, me, the designer? You know, on staff, she had like 30 tutors that were trained and licensed educators. So it was, you know, very um, humbling and just amazing. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then a year later, she called me and said that she's going to be moving back from Virginia, that she wants to build the company into not just tutoring, but an educational group to provide college counseling, troubled youth work everything under that blanket. And she's like, I want a director, I want it to be you. So I became the boss of all those licensed educators. I became the person that developed all company curriculum. I ran the company with her for close to eight years. And it was like, I had just found my niche. I used to wake up every day thinking, I cannot believe I get paid to do this. This is so fulfilling. This is so amazing. I'm working with the youth, I'm impacting their lives, I'm helping them learn, I'm teaching things I love and enjoy. And I just think if I didn't have the confidence to step into a field where I didn't have professional training, um, if I didn't have the confidence to leave behind a field that I had gone to college for for five years, if I didn't have the confidence in my faith to step out and follow God's call, I've never had any of this you know? So that confidence was in myself, but it was very much in my ability to connect with God and hear from him and trust him to open the doors for me. And I have never, ever regretted that. I mean, that was amazing. Um, And then for me, once I started my own company, in order to leave that company, I went through something, which is what I want to share at the conference. I won't share it now, but that I really had to exert my confidence. And that is how social college consulting and tutoring came about. It was through taking that confidence in myself, in my abilities, in my worth and in my God, you know and saying enough is enough with this. I'm going out on my own and I'm taking you know my clients, I'm doing what's best for them and we're gonna we're gonna do this in a new in a new way and in a new journey. and that, I was protected from a lot of things that I never saw coming. So it was God's perfect timing that I was sort of instilled with that wisdom to go my own way. And I am eternally thankful for that.
0: Amen. Now, what is your why that keeps you going?
1: Oh, so I, so for me, um, first of all, there, there's a there's a couple of things. I think they're all related, but so I of course, at the end of my life, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, you know? So of course there's that. I, I want to die knowing that I have impacted other people's lives and helped people find God and develop that relationship with God and live a fulfilled life. That is an underlying reason for almost, I would say, everything that I do, especially professionally. Um, but My love for writing is a huge part of it. So, you know, I can't wait, you know, till if if I have time at the end of the day to dive back into the book series I'm writing. You know, so right now I'm writing the book series Gripped, and that's the one that's being considered for the TV show. And there's just this constant desire in me to be writing. So, you know, that leads me to open the publishing company, that leads me to help other kids want to write well. So, you know, I, I tutor them in it. I mean, it really, that my passion and love for writing and expressing yourself in that way is behind my book series, my publishing company, my tutoring company, but it's all rooted in my belief that God created me as his hand, you know, to write through. And it ultimately all comes down to my faith. And that's, you know, that's that's what it is. That's the bottom line.
0: Amen. Faith truly matters. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment?
1: Well, definitely the moment that I talked about earlier when I realized, wow, living for myself has gotten me nowhere. I feel so empty and joyless. You know, I can have all the friends in the world, everything. I mean, it looked like I had everything going for me. Um, and I just had this emptiness inside. So that aha moment was certainly when I realized, um, yeah, when I realized that with apart from God, it, w- it was meaningless. So that was probably the biggest one. Um, other aha moments. Um, well, when I realized that I wanted to switch careers, um, I would say I, it, it took me a while. Um, I, I realized, I think, Gosh, I'm just trying to think back to big revelations. Um, I used to put too much trust in other people. And I I was very as a as a teenager and I was very open with people and trusting. And people are not good at keeping secrets and people are love to gossip. And I think I I learned that, you know, you have to try to keep more things to to yourself. You know, not everybody's gonna have the integrity. Um to stay honest and not twist your words and things like that. So, I mean, that was, I I think, a big life lesson of mine. I don't know. What are some examples people have shared before? It might help me come to to mind with some.
0: Yes. Well, a lot of them share health challenges or major challenges they had to overcome in their lives, but I really appreciate what you shared there. You shared a lot of helpful advice in regards to individuals not necessarily trusting others in a sense of gossip. And I, I think that you, you can trust others, but really as well, the forgiveness comes into play as well and we have to move forward. So thank you for sharing that, Stacey. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: So my, this one from my experience uh, with, with dealing with tick-borne illnesses. So um, four years ago, I was bit by a tick and I contracted Seven different tick borne illnesses, three of which were deadly, and which is crazy. I mean, a lot of times you get Lyme and maybe a co infection. So I got Lyme and six co infections. Um, that absolutely tested my ability to walk with purpose, to even walk, right? So, um, you know, I over the last four years, I've been I've been treated for this, and I had to go forward, believing again in myself in God that this was happening for a reason. So I'm like, okay, what could be the reason for me being in so incredibly sick and in so much pain? So my illnesses settled in my organs and it caused intense inflammation. So for me, my Bartonella settled in my bladder. So I basically lived for two and a half years straight with a bladder infection and that horrible feeling that anyone who's ever had one or UTI knows what that feels like, but I had that I had that 24 hours a day um, for two and a half years. So you can see the pain, you know, that I was experiencing on top of all the symptoms from all the other illnesses like Babesia and Anaplasma and so forth. So I had to find a way to walk with my purpose while I was feeling so drained for energy and in so much pain. And that was when I'm so sorry about Briley. I'm going to grab him. Hold on one second. He's never been this distracting. I'm so very sorry. Um, So when I, I said, what can I do? I don't have the energy to go out. I lost my ability to really socialize. Well, I didn't want to be around loud noises. I had awful migraines. And that was when I realized God was giving me the time to write this script book series. So I said, I can sit home and write because for some reason that wasn't impacted at all. So my short-term memory was messed up. I mean, I had brain fog like you wouldn't believe, but I could clearly write my books. And that was when I sat there and I wrote the first three grip books in one year. So that's about you know six to 700 pages on a book series I wrote in one year. And I had the time to do it because I wasn't out socializing with people like I normally would be. Instead, I was home writing. And it made me happy to do that. So I found joy in the midst of a lot of suffering. And I said, God, you must have wanted this book series to come out because what GRIPT is about is prescription drug abuse, specifically opiates and benzos amongst teens. And there's just such a bad epidemic about that. I've lost friends. I've seen so many great people get caught up in these awful drugs with this abuse. And, you know, it was just laid on my heart so heavily to write it. And I honestly think if I never got sick, I don't know if this book series would be written. And now it's being considered for a TV show. It's been endorsed by um Latanya Pinkard, who's the she's the English teacher on the show Last Chance You. She leads a book club with um, the football players. So she read it and endorsed it. I mean, so many doors have been open. And if I never had these health challenges, I um not sure it would even be here. And I'm I'm, I'm writing grip five right now. So I guess in the last almost four years, I've written almost, you know, four. I've finished four of the books, and I'm two-thirds of the way through the fifth book, and unlike when I was a teenager and I got sick and I got mad at God, this time when I got sick, I realized God had a purpose in it, and I used it to further the kingdom and to help other people. So I think it was a way of God maybe testing me that I had actually learned my lesson, Um, and that was, I think, the biggest test of my purpose and walking with purpose, was I going to continue to do that? when I was experiencing excruciating pain and it was excruciating um, and suffering. It was far beyond just like, oh, the joint stiffness and pain you hear. I mean, when you have seven infectious diseases, three that are deadly, you're, you're fighting for your life every day. But I was fighting and I was writing and I was thankful for that. So that does that answer that question?
0: Yes, ma'am, very powerful. I love it. And thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast, Stacey. Where can the audience find you?
1: So I'm on Instagram as author Stacey Padula. It's at author underscore Stacey Padula. Um, my website is staceyapadula.com. Um, if you're an author and you'd like to submit a book for us to consider publishing, the company's website is brileybaxterbooks.com. And if you're in need of college counseling, um, we're highambition.org. I love it.
0: Gentlemen, make sure to check out Stacy at all of her websites and stacipadula.com. And, Stacy, again, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I appreciate you. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you so much. Mm.